If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is so simple. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I find it so simple and I've already recommended it to at least four or five of my friends. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Hello and welcome. I'm Hannah Palamara and this is My Vulnerable Voice, a podcast and visual project sharing stories of rawness, courage and love. We all go through difficult and sometimes life-changing experiences. And what I have learned is that by sharing these stories, we can not only bring healing to ourselves, but to other people. I started this project after losing my husband to stage four esophageal cancer in June 2019. And I will be sharing my own story throughout this project. Thank you so much for being here. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Charlie O'Brien, hypnotherapist, EFT practitioner, life coach, broadcaster and journalist, and also a mother of two. After a long and successful career in the media, which included hosting a heart radio breakfast show in Kent for four years, Charlie decided to take her natural ability to listen and connect with people to the world of therapy and well-being. Hello and welcome, Charlie. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with me today. Oh, thank you for having me. I feel very honoured to be here. This is exciting. Oh, it's so exciting for me too. It's such a pleasure. How are you coping with lockdown? Okay, I think. (laughs) I think it's one day at a time, isn't it? I mean, I'm still working with quite a few clients um, because I work in kind of the hypnotherapy and coaching fields. And Mm. the clients who've signed up for something like a phobia or they want to work on their career, they're now just saying to me, can we just actually work on my lockdown anxiety? And it's almost Mm. become a term in itself, like lockdown anxiety. Um, And it's very real. It is. It's such a surreal time. It really is. And so just for our our listeners, um, tell us a little bit about you and who you are. I'm not very good at this. You know, when um, (laughs) you're so used to kind of um, talking about other people. Um, Okay. (laughs) It's about you today. I know. I know. It's weird. (laughs) So um, I'm a mum of two. Um, I have a five-year-old called Noah who um, is just gorgeous and he's sensitive and lovely. And I'm trying to homeschool at the moment. But, you know, I think anything vaguely resembling homeschool is okay. I hear you. Yeah, whatever you <laughs> can do. And then I've got a two-year-old, Luna. Now, um, the reason Hannah and I know each other is because Hannah was my amazing doula um, mm. my birth with Luna. Um, and she arrived on this earth four weeks early, as you know, Hannah. Yes. And she <laughs> is the one that keeps me on my toes. She is a whirlwind <laughs> and a massive character. Um, mm. So that's my first job, being mum to those two. And obviously, as mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a full-time job. Um, and, it is. and when they give me time, I'm also a clinical hypnotherapist. Um, I'm an EFT practitioner. Now, EFT is the emotional freedom technique, um, otherwise known as tapping. It's really becoming more well known, actually. It's mm, kind of, I'm so intrigued. Yes. I've, I'm really interested in tapping. We'll talk more about it. It's amazing. Mm. And I'm also a life coach for women. Um, and bef- 
before I did all this, um, I had a completely different career. Although bizarrely, there are a lot of similarities. I worked in the media. Um, I was a journalist, a news editor, um, a breakfast show presenter. I've been a voiceover, a vlogger, a blogger. I've, I've done. Wow, I've, I've you've done like it I've all. lived quite a few lives. Um, <laughs> I love that. So yeah, that, that's that. who I am in a nutshell, really. Wonderful. And so you've really kind of gone well as you said there are similarities but you have kind of changed your career quite a lot would you say that since you became a mother that kind of transition that you went through brought you into you know wanting to do something quite different it's funny I always knew that I wasn't quite on the right path does that make sense I I loved totally I loved my career in the media it was kind of it was a moment in time. It was a massive privilege to do the job that I did. Um, mm. And I'll never forget it. I'm just, as I'm talking to you now, I'm just looking at above my computer and there's a massive collage of, of photos mm. from my time at Heart Radio. And it was incredible. Yeah. But I always knew, since I was really small, actually, I think I'm, well, I know I'm an empath. I'm, I'm highly mm. empathetic. And um, I knew that I was supposed to be doing something to help people. And yes. when I became a mum, I actually kind of, lost my job on the radio though it just wasn't very supportive um mm-hmm. it was I was self-employed um I was I lived a long way from the studios it just wasn't going to work with a small baby sort of getting up in the middle of the night and going to a, a breakfast yeah. um and so I knew that a change was coming in my life but I wasn't quite sure what and I kept doing a lot of freelance work and just trying to keep the money coming in and mm. all that could keep the plate spinning as a new mum and a freelancer and the call to do something bigger, to do something therapeutic, just got louder and louder. Um, mm. And I looked into counselling, which I'm still very interested in. I've, I've had counselling. Yeah. We'll, we'll go into that. But um, mm. I, I looked at counselling courses and there were sort of four years. And I thought, I can't really commit to that right now. And then yeah. I, then I had my, 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 my daughter and the call got louder. And actually working with you, Hannah, you know, our relationship that we had with you as my mm-hmm. doula, you opened me up as well um, oh, to, to the idea of working with you. kind of more holistic th- living. And I don't know, just my eyes became opened and I just started randomly Googling things and thinking, what could I do? You know, what fits with my sort of my purpose and my values? And yes. I kept coming back to hypnotherapy. And I went and sat in on a half day on a course, sort of no obligation. And I was hooked and I was like, this is for me. And then you're probably the same. When you start learning something new, it becomes a bit addictive. And I did loads of courses in a short space of time. And in the space of two years, I was still breastfeeding my daughter and going along and doing all these days at college. And it was all quite Mm. full on. And then two years later, I'm I'm here where I am now. I can't even remember what the question was. I've rambled so much. I don't know if I answered your question. (laughs) No, it's perfect. Do you know what? I've forgotten as well, but actually I'm, I just, what an amazing journey. And then how has, how has the coaching and the tapping also come into this? Because I'm so intrigued and it sounds like they all kind of fit together really well as well. Yeah, they do. I think most therapists have got quite a few different tools and skills and disciplines in their toolkit. And I think that's really important because I, when a client comes to me, I can kind of look at them and go, right, well, I think you'd really benefit from X, Y, Z. Let's try this approach. Let's try that. Mm-hmm. But the, the tapping, um, I did a, a one day sort of introduction course to tapping and mm-hmm. it actually transformed my life personally. Wow. Because we were, wow. I know we were asked to, um, to tap on something that was bothering us and it could be Yes. The beauty about tapping is you can use it for absolutely anything. You know, you could use it for, you can use it for really deep stuff like past traumas, um, mm. illness, pain, 
grief, um, very good for yes. things like that. It's all about releasing, oh, releasing and processing emotion. And it works with the concept that our bodies actually carry trapped emotions that we haven't dealt with. Now, all of us, mm. every human being is carrying around a load of stuff. Um, yep. you know, we have to work on it because if we don't, it starts to manifest in different ways, you know, illness, pain, mental illness. Mm, um, absolutely. but you can tap on other things like cravings. If you're sort of, you've got an issue with chocolate or crisps or yeah. you can really tap on anything. So the day I went to do this training, I thought I actually decided to tap on something quite heavy. And that was the mm-hmm. fact that I was still carrying around um, a physical feeling from a past abusive relationship. Mm. Now, this relationship had been quite a few years before and I'd had talk therapy and that had been amazing. And I think I'd just done a lot of my own personal healing work. But mm. what I still found, Hannah, was that um, if anyone mentioned the perpetrator's name or for some reason he's he came into my sphere of thinking, mm. I used to get this horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach. You know that feeling we all get? Yes. Is that very familiar sort of yes. thinking, feeling, the anxiety feeling? Mm. And I got to the stage in my life where I thought, no. I am done with this. I, I don't want to give him any more power over me. And I felt like I'd really reclaimed my power apart from this tiny little thing, just this physical mm. feeling. And that's because I was still holding on to some of that trauma. And we tapped on it. And I kind of left the day, you know, busy mum, went home, carried on with my life and didn't really think much else of it, if I'm completely honest. Yeah. It was only about two weeks later, I suddenly thought, hmm. I feel different. And I thought, right, I'm going to test this out. So I thought about him. I said his name out Mm. loud, even Mm. now talking about it now. And I was like, that feeling in my stomach, I can't, I can't call it back. It's gone. And yeah, and then I realized how transformational it is. And I've now gone on and done my formal training. Um, It's kind of like the international Mm. gold standard in training. And it was literally only a couple of weeks ago, I became a certified practitioner. Amazing. And it's just incredible. And I can't recommend it enough. So for anybody who has no idea what tapping is, can you just give a very brief sort of like description of exactly what you do? Because do you tap? Where do you tap? Yes. So so we have, um, there are sort of a a number of um, points that are um, assigned to tapping. Now they are the meridian end points. So they're points that are actually used in acupuncture. So if you've ever had acupuncture, and I say this to a lot of people and they say, yeah, I've had it, but I don't like it because it's needles and I'm scared of needles. Mm. It's a bit more kind of bit more scary. So we, we kind mm. of describe tapping um, a bit like acupuncture, but without the needles, which is lovely. And it's yes. a combination of that. So kind of ancient Chinese practices um, combined with modern psychology, really. So what you do is you acknowledge the problem and you say it out loud whilst tapping mm. on specific points. Um, and the points, okay. the points are on the face, um, eyebrow, under the eye, um, under the nose, on the mm. chin. There's a lovely point on the chest. There's one on the side of our body and on the top of our heads. And there are a couple of additional points as well. And what you do is you acknowledge the problem, how, how it's right. showing up for you. you. And you can go quite deep into this because as we know with anything, every issue or problem comes with multiple layers. You know, nothing is kind of just, hey, I have anxiety or hey, you know, I was in an abusive relationship. It's all those other things that come Mm. in, the guilt, the fear, the worries, Mm. all the layers. So we tap through the layers and Mm. it's incredible. It's just incredible. That's so awesome. I'm I'm definitely going to be calling you up for an appointment. I want to try it. I really want to try it. (laughs) 
That's so amazing. And so how would you say, obviously, you've, you know, touched on that you've been in a, in an abusive relationship previously. What has your experience of, you know, kind of carrying that and having experienced that been like coming, you know, going through life and the things that you've done and how has that shaped you? Would you say it's a hard, it, it, anything like that definitely changes you. Um, mm. I mean, initially when it, I, I went and had counseling, talk therapy sort of quite soon after I left the relationship. And mm. that was brilliant. However, I kind of, I think I've worked out that I probably need to go and do some more talk therapy all these years on because I'm a different person now. Um, so that therapy mm. I had yes. straight afterwards was almost like I needed that immediate kind of help and that release and just to talk to somebody. And then yes. I've kind of done my yeah. own work. I, I sort of believe that healing journeys with, with anything, whatever you're dealing with, it's an ongoing thing. You know, I'm never going to say to a client, look, do this and you'll be healed because I don't believe in that. I think, I think we will probably heal until the day we die. I think it's an ongoing thing. Whatever you're, whatever it is you're carrying with you, it's an ongoing journey. But I do believe that we can take power in our own healing. And I think when you do that, actually, when you make the decision to no longer Mm. be a victim, I'm not, I don't oh, say yes. that in a, in a light way because I know that it can take a long time to get to that place. But when you make that decision, yes. when you're out of that situation that, you know, when you're in that situation, you, it's just your basic needs that need to be met that you're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So, I 100% yeah. agree with you. And I, there was an article going around actually, and it was, I can't remember the title, but it was something like, you know, we are not, it's not what happened to us in the past is not our fault, but we are responsible for the future. And I think that's been my experience as well, having had, you know, difficult relationships and different experiences uh, growing up. And, you know, we have a choice. We can choose to live life being a victim um, or we can choose how we can, you know, go on that healing journey. And, And I totally agree. It's, it's it's very difficult to make that choice or even to get into the headspace where you can recognize mm-hmm. that you have that choice and that you can start doing things to heal yourself um but it's 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 an incredible journey and i think that you know it takes so much it's very it takes so much bravery and and courage as well you know to embark on it and then to want to do a you know a career where you're helping other people yeah i mean and i have actually a thought that keeps coming back to me is almost like i feel this kind of responsibility i think when you're a person who naturally mm. helps others be that be the sort of work you do hannah or a midwife or a mm. doctor in any sort of caring profession we we also carry these this kind of idea of responsibility which actually we shouldn't Mm. um, and that's all about our Mm. boundaries but there is definitely a part of me that kind of thinks that I have some sort of responsibility to help other women or people men as well in that situation Mm. but I'm not Mm -hmm. sure I'm quite there yet and I think that's important as well to have your own boundaries that you don't have to just because you've been through it you don't have to be responsible for others and it's just finding your points of mm. comfort where you're comfortable. I mean, because we're in lockdown at the moment, um, the point of recording mm. this, you know, I keep seeing all these stories about rates of domestic violence and how they've rocketed. Of course, they were going to. It was inevitable. Yes. And it has yep. slightly, I don't want to say re-triggered, but it's, it's brought up more difficult mm. conversations in my head and also with other people. Yeah. And I keep thinking, what can I do to help? And I thought yes. at the moment, I'm I'm better off sticking with things that I feel safe within. So I've donated some money to some charities and things, but I don't feel mm. in the space at the moment that I can, you know, directly help people. Obviously, if somebody came to me mm. and asked me a mm. question, I would I would help. But I, you know, through things like this, just talking about it, raising awareness, 
I think that's how I can help. But it's it's a difficult one. It is a difficult one. And, you know, what would you say to, to another person who is currently in, in an abusive relationship in, in this current, you know, cli- climate, this lockdown that we're in? Well, from, I mean, from what I've been reading, the police are kind of saying, call us. You know, they're, they're actually not mm-hmm. as busy at the moment because things like burglary and other kind of violent crime are actually down because people are stuck inside. Um, so they have more resources. And, you know, from the time actually when I was going through a, an abusive relationship, things have really improved. You know, you can prosecute mm. somebody now without, um, without the, the victim actually p- pressing charges. And that is a massive change in the law. Uh, so the law right. is more yeah, on the victim's amazing. side. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, and I was also reading that, you know, they're trying to keep victims in their home rather than it's always been this kind of, thing that the victim has to flee with their children for example whereas in the perpetrator yes. gets to stay in the nice home which is fair mm. and I know there's a lot of work going on a lot of discussion about changing that there are incredible charities incredible helplines out there or just reach out to a trusted person um, I've seen a lot mm. on Facebook you know people people putting up these statuses um, did you put did you put one up Hannah I don't know if it was you yeah I did yes yeah about with a code word basically of um what to, a coded message that you can send yeah. to somebody. And I related it to photography because obviously I'm a photographer. And then if they say one specific word, then, um, I would call authorities for them. And I think that's yeah. fantastic, isn't it? Just, ha- you know, know that mm. you can reach out. And I know it's so hard. You can be living in that. You're living in fear that, you know, you're and often in these dynamics, the, the perpetrator is sort of checking your emails checking your phone I know it's not Mm. I know it's not easy you know if you can get out of the house if you can get to a shop and just raise an alarm if you can speak to a neighbor just please ask Mm. for help and I think the thing that I would always say to anyone is they won't change they won't change and it's not your responsibility to help them change either only they can do that um Interestingly, I was actually reading before we started talking, there's a charity called Respect, which is actually a phone mm-hmm. line for perpetrators. So people who oh, wow. feel they might be violent or have been violent, they can call and get help. Which I think wow, incredible. that's interesting. And they've had a massive rise in, in calls during wow. this period. Mm, I mean, I can imagine there's, you know, with the pressure that a lot of us feel, especially I think people in the home with children, um, uh, you know, it, it, we can fit the anger can build up. And I suppose if you're already a person that suffers with, you know, anger issues, that it's just, it's a time when it's all going to come to yeah. the boil. Yes. It, we, we're living in all mm. of us, um, regardless of whether we're living with a violent person or, you know, we're, we're kind of living in these mini pressure cookers, with all these emotions. Yes. So, um, it's a yep. really difficult time for someone who was already in a, in a precarious, you know, relationship or marriage. And, you know, my heart absolutely goes out to anyone going mm. through it. Absolutely. And during, you know, during lockdown, do you have any sort of daily, um, things that you do just to sort of help yourself to get through the day? Any tips on how you're sort of coping, um, on a daily basis? Yeah. I've just started, um, a radio show actually on, um, it's called Wellbeing Radio. And I did my first show last week and it was this week. Sorry. It was really good, really good. And, um, my theme was how to stay present. And I do this. Yeah. I I do this a lot. And it's a bit like when when you're in labor, Hannah, you know, that kind of just be in the moment and stop panicking about what's Mm. happening. I think at the moment, um, our brains, our minds, they're kind of going, well, when is this going to end? When, when are the kids going back to school? 
people, yep. you know, and our, our, our minds can go to some quite dark places. What if I catch the virus? What if my children, yes. what if someone I love catches the virus? Will I die? You know, we can go to dark places and of course our minds are going to do that they're very creative they're very imaginative but that isn't always a good thing and so I'm kind of saying to people try and teach yourself how to be present and there are so many ways you can do Mm -hmm. it meditation and I go into this in my show because meditation freaks people out (laughs) when you start saying it people are like oh no I can't (laughs) I know people are like oh it's too airy fairy and I'm like yeah like, if that's your bag do that but isn't it doesn't have to be like that and mindfulness mm. mindful.org um is brilliant just yes. to go to just to get some really quick ideas about how to be mindful you can even be mindful when Wonderful. doing the washing up or when you're cooking yes. or you know if you if you're lucky enough to have a garden and the weather's good mindful gardening mm. breathing breathing exercises none of us breathe properly you know I do a lot of breathing exercise mm-hmm. and I still don't breathe properly and when we're kind of in that heightened stress state our stress response system in our bodies is constantly switched on we're producing too much cortisol and we don't breathe properly And a way to take ourselves out of that stress response system is to breathe so um exercise like four seven eight breathing seven eleven breathing just learn that yeah, you can just mm-hmm. look on youtube if you yeah. don't know how to do it just go on youtube but it's really simple four seven eight is literally in for four hold for seven out for eight and do it four times and it, it cures That's insomnia right. stress anxiety just kind of get yourself in the moment and don't worry about i know it's so easy for me to say but try not to worry about what's happening tomorrow or the next day or next week because we don't know it it's so true. And actually this, the thing about being present is something that I, I think actually a lot of parents struggle with that anyway, even when we're not on lockdown. It's so easy, you know, when we're with our children to be distracted by our phones, by, you know, devices, by things going on and to actually, you know, put the phone down, put it away and be like, okay, I'm going to be present. It can be really difficult, but then it, what I've learned is also going down under those layers. Why is that difficult? And then there's kind of work that can be done there, but it's, it's definitely a struggle, but it's definitely something that when I feel like if I give myself permission Mm. to be present with my children even if it's just for an hour we're going on the trampoline for one hour there's you get so much from it not just not just for my children but for me absolutely I mean children they're hard work especially when you're with them 24 7 (laughs) you know I don't think we're supposed to be we love and adore them but we all need that space but Mm. if you actually take even 10 minutes to be really present with your children they are so healing because they actually are constantly in the present. They, they don't, yes. they, they are so mindful. They're kind of, they're like our gurus. <laughs> we, they, we can learn so much from them. And if, especially with mm. a small child, if you play awesome. with them, they, they're in this, well, children we know are actually, they're very easy to hypnotize because they're already in a, in a trance state. Mm. They're permanently in a trance, which is beautiful. Wow. Yeah. And their, their little minds are just so immersed in what they're playing and what they're doing. And they're often in a complete fantasy land. And if you allow yourself to, even just for 10 minutes, just to go into their land, into their world, you can learn so much. And it's like you can then access your inner child who you've kind of neglected and he or she needs some love and needs some play because we don't do that as adults. And actually now in lockdown is a really good time to, to do that because all thrown Mm. together. So try it and, and just see how amazing it is. I love that. Sounds amazing. Um, honestly, it's just been such a, such a pleasure Aww. talking to you today. 
Really, and I'm excited to to try some tapping and to yeah, I'm definitely going to be phoning you to see to get some get some things definitely. going together. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share? And I know you know obviously my project is about you know tapping into yeah. vulnerability, and um, I really appreciate you being able to sit and do that with me today as well. Um, anything else that you would like to share about around the subjects we've discussed? I think really just. Yeah, the subject of being vulnerable. It's okay to be vulnerable. I work predominantly with women. Mm. Um, I never set out that way, but I think you just attract what you're supposed to work with when you kind of are in that space. And so I work with women and um, so many women are really scared to be vulnerable. They're scared to open up because they are kind of the central pivotal person in the family. And now um, that tends to be our role. I think society puts that on us. We put it on ourselves as well. We put this pressure on us that we need to be perfect wives, perfect mothers, perfect career women. Mm. Um, And they feel like if they stop and start doing this work, then all the plates are going to come crashing down. But I say to people, it's okay. It's all right to find a safe space, whether that is with a therapist or whether you just start putting some time aside for yourself to do some work uh, just quietly by yourself. Mm. It's okay to be vulnerable. And actually, when you start being vulnerable, that's when change happens and that's when amazing so things true. happen and you have to and sometimes you you, you you're going to go have to go through some painful stuff some some yes. i don't know some difficult stuff and sometimes you discover things about yourself you don't particularly like um, but all that okay. yes it's an incredible yeah. yeah it's an incredible journey are you a fan of yes Brown? she's fabulous Oh my gosh. I'm, I, I found her this year and obviously, ever, you know, most people know I've had a difficult year and just listening to her, it's so inspiring. And it also really helped to teach me again about, you know, sitting in vulnerability and that it's that discomfort and it feels so discomfort, dis, um, uncomfortable sometimes to sit in that vulnerable state, but where, you know, it actually brings huge strength and it takes huge strength to sit in that. And then once you come out of it, you feel you do, amazing. Yeah. Um, it's transitional. Can I just say, Hannah, you're, you are such an inspiration. You really are. You have been through such a difficult year and, you know, you keep, you keep putting that content out there to support other women and, you know, all the birth work you do. And you're just incredible. And you help so many people. And through this podcast as well, you're going to help even more. So thank you for the work you do. Thank you, lovely. Oh, thank you. Right back at you. And I think it's, it's along the similar lines to what you were saying, you know, having been through, um, difficult experiences for me, it's uh, what brings me healing is certainly to help other people. And as cheesy as that might sound, it actually, it actually is the truth and it really does work. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. And can, where can people find you? The main place I hang out far too much actually. And um, (laughs) the first week of lockdown, my phone usage came right down because I was like, right, homeschooling. And then it's gradually Oh god! So, um, the main place you can find me is Instagram. I'm over there a lot. Um, yeah. Charlie O'Brien Coaching. And then, if you wanted yeah. to look at booking a session or just sort of find out more about what I do, my website is just charlieobrien.co.uk. So it's all there. Lovely. Make sure you check Charlie out and book in with her because she is amazing. And um, yes, just I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a total honour speaking to you as always. And um, sending oh, you all thank so you, much. Hannah. Love. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> Same. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, darling. Thank you so much for joining me today. You can find the visual side of the project on Instagram at my underscore vulnerable voice. If you would like to share your story and get involved, please get in touch. Myvulnerablevoice at gmail.com. 
You can find more of my personal work at www.hannapalamara.com and on Instagram at hannapalamarahonestlyfeminine. And please, wherever you are listening to this podcast, always subscribe, review and share. Thank you.